guys, so just a disclaimer that this podcast episode has very explicit content in it that could be very sensitive to some individuals. So if this is too much for you to handle, don't worry, just pause the podcast here now. If not, enjoy the episode. Hi guys, so this is our new podcast, Sustainability Uncovered. I'm your host, Neve. Uh, the part-time environmental sustainability officer at UPSU. I'm here with my co-host today, Kelsey. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Kelsey. I'm the deputy part-time and sustainability officer with me and I'm happy to be here. Lovely. So today's issue, we're looking at modern day slavery. We have a wonderful guest, Claire from Unseen. Unseen was a charity founded back in 2008. It's a part of an anti-modern-day slavery charity based in Bristol, working towards a world without slavery. Claire's here today to discuss like the issues surrounding modern-day slavery and the work that Unseen does. Hi, Claire. Hi, UK. So, what would you define as slavery? So, modern-day slavery is essentially the exploitation of other people for personal or commercial gain, and modern slavery is everywhere it's all around us but often just out of sight so people can become entrapped making our clothes serving our food picking crops working in factories or even working in houses as cooks cleaners or nannies and slavery itself and i'll go into a bit more detail about those individual things later but slavery is an umbrella term and that is for activities involved when one person obtains or holds another person in compelled service. So the legal definition and someone is in slavery if they are forced to work through mental or physical threat, owned or controlled by an employer, quote unquote, usually through mental or physical abuse or threat of abuse, um, dehumanized, treated as a commodity, or bought or sold as a property, or physically constrained or have restrictions placed on their freedom and you know that's a very kind of I'll talk some through some stories as well and a bit later and some more like facts and figures but that is the legal definitions. Thank you Claire so what were the different forms of modern day slavery? We have lots of different types of modern slavery and I suppose the main ones that we have are human trafficking so human trafficking is the use of violence threats or cohesion to transport, recruit or harbour people in order to exploit them for purposes such as forced prostitution, labour, criminality, marriage or even organ removal. You know, a lot of people think of human trafficking as someone being trafficked border to border and yes, that is true. But Neve, if I picked you up now and forcibly moved you next door, that is human trafficking. It doesn't matter how far you travel as if it's by what I said, you know, the use of violence, threat or cohesion to transport someone. Another really bad one in the UK especially is forced labour. So currently worldwide there's about 45 million people entrapped in some form of slavery and what we found is forced labour is one of the worst ones. So forced labour we estimate about 25 million people and that is people who are in any work or services where they're forced to, so against their will or under threat or punishment. 
we see a lot of forced labour in building sites, car washes, nail bars and that type of thing. And I can guarantee for anyone listening, if you think of a car wash or a nail bar that you've seen, which is cash only, you know, the men in the car wash don't wear PPE equipment. They don't speak very well English. All these things are signs to look out for. And I'll talk a bit later about the signs and what you need to look out for. But it's such a massive problem, especially here in the UK. And that 45 million people I told you about, that's probably a third of what it actually is. That's the people we know about. It is such a hidden crime. It happens everywhere. And in the UK, um, this figure only came out in the last couple of months. So in 2019, we actually estimated there was about 10,000. But we've recently found out it's actually 100,000 people in the UK, everywhere. And, you know, there are so many different types of one slavery, as I said, human trafficking and forced labour. But there's another type of one, which is called debt bondage. And debt bondage isn't just, you know, rarely in a case of one slavery, do you have one form of one slavery. For example, you could have been trafficked over and now you're in forced labour in a construction site and now you're stuck in a debt bondage. So a debt bondage is basically when people are trapped in poverty, they borrow money and are forced to work or pay off the debt. So, you know, in that sense, they're losing control over both their employment conditions and the debt and they get into this horrible cycle. So, yeah, it's happening everywhere. And I think we have these figures and these stats, but it's more than that. It's, you know, about one in 200 people worldwide. One in 200 people. That's just absolutely insane. I just can't believe the extent to this and how it's such an important issue. And the scale of which modern-day slavery is such a problem at the moment, how does it differ compared to like the transatlantic slave trade? So the transatlantic slave trade, to start, was a legal business. And that's obviously a main difference. And the transatlantic slave operated between Europe, Africa and America. So ships were sailed from Europe to, Af- uh, to Africa. They would take goods like pots, pans, guns and alcohol to be traded. And the traders captured millions of African men, women and children, and essentially just shipped them across the Atlantic Ocean to be enslaved. And, you know, I'll talk a bit more about, you know, the conditions and what happened, but actually we need to remember the conditions on the ships. They were brutal, they were degrading, like so many people lost their lives. People took, you know, the trip itself took like six to eight weeks and longer. And once the people arrived in America or in Europe, they were traded for products like sugar, coffee, tobacco, and cotton. It was abolished in Britain from 1807 onwards, although obviously illegal trade continued for a further, I think, 60-odd years, and obviously, you know, now modern slavery. But the main difference being it was legal back then. And I think the other difference that, you know, the massive difference we see now is actually that the crossing of borders seen in so many human trafficking cases also highlight a really key difference particularly when we consider the developments in like technology so you know nowadays we have so much we have better access you know people can travel quicker and more safely than they used to and now traffickers often recruit people through fraudulent job promises and they can deceive people to travel travel willingly we're talking about those differences and the main difference being the technology and the false promises that are used now compared to what it used to be like. So we have, we had a gentleman, Frank. Frank isn't his real name. 
Frank was in our services a while back and Frank lived in Barbados with his wife and his two children. So Frank lost his job one day, which could obviously happen to anyone, especially during this pandemic. Like, you know, we're all vulnerable to these type of things, especially at the moment. So Frank did what anyone else would do. He looked for work. He tried to downsize his house. He tried to just do anything that could possibly like help him and his family. So Frank actually knew a gentleman in the UK. Frank had seen and met this guy for the last 10 years. He knew him quite well. And Frank knew that he was a businessman and a successful one as that. So Frank called him and asked him for some advice. And again, this will explain a massive difference. He was able to call him and use his vulnerability and say, look, Frank, I need help. So Frank then said to him, you know, you can come. Um, the guy said to Frank, you can come over to the UK I can get you a job and you can bring your son. So, you know, months after Frank struggling and trying to find work, supporting his family, he's finally offered his, his lifeline. So the guy bought Frank a plane ticket for him and his son. Frank had never been on a plane before. And he thought that was very normal, you know, a one-way ticket. Whereas we all know that you get a return unless you have long-term plans to stay somewhere. So Frank got on the plane. He was brought over to the UK. He was thrown in the back of a van and his passport taken away from him and his son was taken away from him. Back in the day, that, that couldn't happen because you didn't have phones, you didn't have planes. This wasn't possible. And, you know, in the past, people didn't have a choice if they were, tra if they were trafficked or forced into enslaved, you know, people would go to Africa and physically capture people. And now the main difference is this is all done using technology. And it is that easy to gain someone's trust and bring them over to the UK with means that are already available and can totally, you know, not illegal to get a plane. I'll tell you the rest of Frank's story a bit later because I think it worked out quite well. And the rest, I think the main difference is technology. Simple as that. I think, you know, we, there's so much easy access. You have um, county lines and county lines is obviously essentially means phone lines. And it's been highlighted in some shows, for example, Top Boy, if anyone's watched Top Boy, definitely give it a watch. And it's essentially drug traffickers using phones and, you know, technology and Snapchat and things like that to reach out to younger children. Like some of, the, some of them are aged 10, sometimes younger, and they're texting them saying, can you take these drugs from Manchester City Centre out to not very good on Manchester but somewhere in the suburbs or for example Bristol centre of Bristol out to Taunton and the more rural areas and it's all done by using a mobile phone you can threaten people over a mobile phone you can send pictures of someone's house you know a picture of their mum if they say if they say no and it's so accessible and children these days especially are so tech savvy you know when I was 10 I had a Nokia 32 I couldn't do it. That is a massive problem. And I think there's such a responsibility also on us, but also on the companies who are producing Facebook, Snapchat, and things need to be regulated better. And I think it's going to happen regardless. And I think, you know, obviously our plan is to stop it and work myself out of a job because it shouldn't be happening in 2021. But we need the support of major technology companies and larger companies. So you spoke a bit about how, obviously... During the transatlantic slave trade, people were physically captured and taken and put on the boats. But with Frank, it was just a bit different. So he lost his job, reached out to this person that he knew. So do you know of any other ways that people get into these situations? People basically end up trapped in one slavery because they're vulnerable. 
and it could be people being vulnerable to be tripped, trapped, exploited, and it's often a result of like poverty or exclusion. But there are a couple of cases where actually someone's vulnerability could be love. So for example, we actually, there was a story about a young girl, she was a student and at a university in the UK and she met a, what she thought was a lovely man who was also in studying at university. For their year's anniversary, he took her to France for the weekend to meet her family, his family, and he trafficked her into the sex industry. And that was his plan from day one. So, you know, you can talk about poverty. In Frank's case, you know, he was extremely vulnerable. He'd lost everything and he was just trying to support the people that he loved. And he was just tricked. But then you see this other girl and her vulnerability was as simple as love. And I think when you, you know, when you think of people who are in some form of non-slavery, you always assume that, you know, they've had a bad start in life. You know, they, their parents, you know, we have a lot of cases where parents sell their children. Um, you know, underage marriage is a massive problem. But, and you always have people who say it would never happen to me. Yet we all have the ability to love. You know, and if it can happen to someone like that, it could happen to anybody. There are so many ways, you know, lies. You're promised a new life. You know, Frank never got on a plane before. He thought it was normal. It's essentially people exploiting people's vulnerabilities in so many different ways. And it's scary. It puts in perspective, like it literally can happen to anyone. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter. You could, it doesn't matter your situation. These things can happen to you. And that's why it's such a wide issue. What, why, why is it such a huge problem? Why has it, I know you partly talked about how technology and has um, advanced the capability of people, but why has this become such an, like, to quote the pun, but like unseen problem? <coughs> is it such a big issue? So simply, like slavery is fueled by the demand for extremely cheap labor. So the reason that modern slavery thrives is we think about kind of three factors and there's demand for cheap labor, individual vulnerability and greed. It's easy to exploit people. Like, you know, if you think about all these companies who, I mean, I don't necessarily want to name names, but like you have a lot of chocolate companies who don't pay their cocoa farmers the way they should. The makeup industry, okay? I know for the last nine months, none of us have wore makeup, but usually it's such a big deal. And actually there's a mineral in mascara, eyeliner, lipstick, and some foundations called uh, mica. And it's mined in India by children as young as like eight. But there's such a demand, like we are the problem. Like we are the problem. People want to exploit people because then they can make big money, not pay taxes and create a product which the public will buy. We have all bought mascara. We have all bought like eyeliner, lipstick, you know, food industry. We all go to the shop. We're attracted by cheap prices. And when you go to like, you know, people say shop locally and it's easier said than done. Like I'm not saying like if you shop in a large supermarket or for a large company, like you're a bad person because it's expensive. Otherwise, you know, shopping at your local deli or your local like fair trade shop or, you know, your plastic free shop, it's expensive. 
not everybody can afford that. And so, you know, the people that can shop locally and do their bit, fantastic. And the people that can't, it's not their responsibility, it's the company's responsibility. They are essentially just using people all across the world. For example, right, just to change subject quickly, you take your mobile phone, okay? Your mobile, I'm not a pro on mobile phones. Your mobile phone is made up of the battery, the case, the electronics, the buttons. Let's say you have Samsung at the top here, okay? You've got someone else in their supply chain who makes mobile phone, that uh, makes the battery, someone else who creates the case. You've got the mineral that makes it shiny, which has been mined by children as young as eight in India. A couple of years ago, they tried to make a slave-free phone and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Yet I'm sat here preaching about why modern slavery is bad, but I still need a mobile phone. And I sound like a hypocrite, but, you know, in some instances, there's nothing as an individual you can necessarily do. And it's down to that company. So, yeah. yeah I think that just speaks like the scale of modern day slavery, like from the clothes that you wear to what you use in the shower to how you connect yeah. to people, your laptop, your phone, just the service that you may use like it just shows like how big of an issue this is and how deep it goes something like some people just turn off at it and I think that as like we get more interconnected and we get more globalized and technology advances it just gets worse and I think you spoke about this earlier with Frank the story of Frank when you said how the plane and a phone call that's something that didn't exist however years ago but it just makes life so much easier and I think from even things like Snapchat and dating apps and stuff like that that people have just been using that easy access to technology yeah. to just go that extra mile and just makes it way easier do you think that all of these things are really the now the I guess you could say the driving force of why this issue just keeps on multiplying and it's not really being dealt with yeah, 100%. Like, and it's like I said a minute ago, like, you know, as individuals, we all have a responsibility to shop locally and do our best, but there is only so much we can do. And the driving force behind slavery is the people and the companies who exploit the people down the supply chains. 100%. That is why it's so bad. And last, a couple of years ago in the industry, so, you know, if you go and use a car wash, or if you go and get your nails done and you pay, let's say it's £20 cash that goes directly to the person, not the woman who's done your nails, but the woman who's in charge of her, all of that money is not being paid into taxes. And essentially what's happening is that money that you're, we're paying as consumers is going directly back into the hands of the employers, we call them. And all they do then is create another problem. You know, and let's say a car wash, for example, let's say a car wash, someone's maybe, you know, reported something that's happened in the car wash. If the people, the people are so powerful and if they get any wind of the fact that they've been caught out, they have enough money and enough resources to just move the operation and start somewhere else. And the sole problem is us as consumers, not knowing what's best to do when we can do something about it and the companies. Samsung, Apple are huge. They're massive. 
and they need to do more. It's as simple as that. And then you have people on the other side, like us and other charities who need to support the survivors. Because we do need to remember that actually for some survivors who are in some situations, it is their only form of money if they're getting money. We had a case a couple of years ago. Um, it was the first case tried under the Modern Slavery Act in 2015. And two young girls, two young girls who were working in a... And they, you know, we went in and we got them out of their exploitation. But because they were so young, they actually looked at their employers as, you know, their carers and the people them. They were we, we took away into safety because they thought they were already safe. It's called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So were they very conflicted in the Okay, they got paid nothing a month and the other one got paid up. You know, they had essentially been moulded into thinking that the, this man and woman protected them and it was almost normal what they were being put through. And it's just people, it's people that are horrible. It's companies that need to do more and it's individuals who need to look at their, like, what's ethically sourced and what isn't. How can people be, like, involved and how can they try to be more ethical with what they're sourcing or, like, look out for signs of this to actually help those who are victims of modern-day slavery? So it sounds silly, but it's almost about trusting your gut. So if you ever... I'll talk about the signs, but if you're ever concerned about a potential victim... You know, if you've gone into that car wash or if you've walked past a car wash, you can see the men with no PPE equipment on. You can, can potentially see some sort of living conditions at the back of the car wash. We run the Modern Slavery Helpline and me, I'll send you all the information, so feel free to send that all to everyone. Or you can sub submit a report online. It's totally confidential. It's obviously, it's not like the police. Nothing will happen immediately because, you know, we need to work with local police authorities, the National Crime Agency. We need to get the um, evidence and we need to take it really seriously. But, you know, as an individual, especially with spotting signs, there are so many things you can look out for. So physical appearance, so showing signs of like physical or psychological abuse, if they look, if they look malnourished or unkept, or even anxious, ag like agitated or appear withdrawn and neglected, and they might have untreated injuries, isolation, so rarely being allowed to travel on their own, always seeming under control or the influence of others. For example, I mentioned, you know, in the nail bar, if the woman who's painted your nails isn't allowed to take the money, but someone else is who's watching over them all. Same in car washes. And a lot of the time we see situations in airports or bus drivers and things like that, where bus drivers who will see the same man bringing the same, a different woman on the bus each day. People who work in pharmacies will see the same man bringing in different women every day to get the morning after pill. Because obviously if they're in some sort of prostitution or you know, working in a brothel, the moment that woman gets pregnant, they're not making any money anymore. And some other signs to look out for is poor living conditions. So like I said, Frank got brought over to the UK. He was thrown in the van, his son was taken away from him. For 10 years, Frank worked in building sites, private homes, and in car washes. And there was a long point in his life where Frank actually lived in a caravan behind the car wash 
with six other men. They had no heating, no plumbing. They had to use the oven for heat. And these are all things to look out for. But also it's about trusting your gut. We all have, we can all tell if something's wrong with someone sometimes. And I think if you go and you see something wrong, you know, if you, if you see maybe your neighbor, we have a lot of cases where it's the neighbor who will get people out of exploitation. People who are in domestic servitude in someone's house. There was a case in Bristol two years ago now, and a neighbor saw a gentleman in the house next door washing himself, his clothes, his teeth, his body in this one basin of water. And, you know, if it wasn't for the neighbor, that person would still be in exploitation. So it's about keeping your eye open, being conscious and learning the signs to look out for and having the number, the modern slavery number. And of course, if it's an emergency situation, always call 999. Thank you for that. I think definitely that will help others if, who are in those situations and we're able to support them and get them out of them. It's, thank you. So Claire, as you work for the charity Unseen, would you like to talk a bit more what Unseen does and like what as a charity and how they support the victims of modern day slavery? Yeah, so Unseen is, I'm probably biased, but I think it's amazing. Unseen is an incredible charity that's been around since 2008. And our sole mission is to end modern slavery. Like, I don't want to be in this job because slavery shouldn't be happening in 2021. So at Unseen, we do so many different things. We train frontline workers. We work with, you know, local police authorities, national crime agency. We go into schools and we teach children. We provide their parents with information. But most importantly, we support survivors of modern slavery. You know, we could talk about modern slavery till we're blue in the face, but we need to support the people that have actually been through it. We are never going to understand what someone's exactly been through. But if we can help them start their life again after it was taken away from them, that is what we want to do. So the first stage on a survivor's long and difficult journey, you know, towards rebuilding their lives is through us. So we have two safe houses, a men's and women's safe house. We have a community programme which supports people in the community. Maybe they've come out of the safe house or they have never been in the safe house, you know, and we want them to like build their confidence, help them with their, like recover their self-esteem, gain vital skills for future independence. So, you know, our women's safe house, for example, it's 24 hours support. And the moment that a woman steps through our door, we're going to help her with her bespoke case. You know, we can help with medical care and treatment, counselling, legal advice, education, financial assistance, immigration advice, assistance to return home or reside in the UK. And actually, like so many survivors, not just men and women, like children, everybody who have come, you know, to us have had a horrible experience, including forced labour, sexual exploitation, domestic servitude. And they often arrive unable to trust anybody. So, you know, they've been experiencing frequent and intense flashbacks and they live in fear. And our aim is to turn that around and give them the lives back by providing an environment that is welcoming, safe and supportive. And, you know, like I'm really proud that I work for this charity and we've seen, you know, women and children who have come into our services and the council or someone like, you know, has given them a one bedroom flat. You, you can't have a two-year-old 
and a mum in the same flat in with one bed. The mum could have been experiencing, you know, sexual abuse for 10 years. And she's got serious trauma from that. And she could be waking up with night terrors, you know, not having to like have the windows open. And that poor child as well is also now experiencing that. So we work with so many different services across Bristol and the wider areas. Just being able to provide whoever it is that support. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I suppose now is quite a nice time to tell you about the end of Frank's story as well. So Frank, like I said, worked for 10 years over the course of when he was in private homes, car washes. And one day Frank's back broke and he was dumped on the side of the street because you know, to the exploiters, he was worth nothing to them anymore. And so Frank eventually was brought into our care. He was in our safe house and he strived. He was able to make contact with his son and his daughter. Sadly, his wife passed away when he was in exploitation in the UK. And I think that's just another point to make that actually, you know, not only was Frank's life taken away from him, he wasn't able to be there for his wife and his daughter. And, you know, that's another thing they took away from him. It's just horrible. So Frank came into our services, he learned English, he studied a new course to get a new job, and he started saving up money to head back to Barbados. We actually helped his son, we got a private investigator to find his son and get his son out of exploitation. Frank was in our service for uh, just over a year, and he wrote a beautiful poem, um, you know, and he, he really thanked us, and actually, but it's not about us, that's what we want to do, and actually, Frank now is back in Barbados with his family, and he's happy again and he trusts again. And that's all that matters, that, that, that Frank's life is back on track. It should never, ever have been taken away from him. But what we want to do at Unseen is solely support those survivors. And, you know, like our safe houses are great and my colleagues who work there are fantastic. And they put in so much work, 24 hours, like every day of the year. And I'm lucky enough in my job, you know, so a lot of the time, non-COVID, we... Um, you know, take some of our supporters in the community to days out. And, you know, to me and you, that might sound silly. We've been to a zoo. We don't need to go to the zoo. But actually, you know, money raised from students, for example, in Plymouth, will help our um, survivors go for a day out. And it could be to the zoo. It could be, you know, to do a yoga session. It could be to hire a private investigator. It totally depends on that person. And I was lucky enough last year, we ended up um, having some funding to buy band equipment because the men in the men's safe house wanted to start playing a band and you know I, I was like yeah fine like if that's what they want to do and I went along and we got some band equipment and I was sent some videos of um, them playing the music and it was so beautiful because language isn't a barrier like language is a barrier but music isn't so all these men who something you know they might be learning English and they don't have they can't communicate very well could suddenly communicate, it's so cheesy, through the, you know, through the music. But it's simple little things that me and you take for granted that really, like, get these people, like, get our survivors through. And, you know, they're not victims, they're survivors, because they've survived re things that are so traumatic that we couldn't even believe would ever happen. And it's, it's amazing to see, and I'm really proud to work with them. And, you know, on top of all of that, like, we train businesses, we train them in how to become, you know, how to have better supply chains. It's amazing that companies are coming to us to be like, what can I do? And we train police, we train the fire brigade, we train anyone who may come into contact with a survivor so they can spot the signs 
and they can, you know, call the Modern Slavery Helpline and pass it on to other people. Yeah, it's it's an amazing cause and, you know, more needs to be done and we're doing it, but it's a fantastic start. Absolutely. It's honestly incredible what you and your colleagues at Unseen do. The fact that you give these people a new chance at life, essentially, and help them get back on track. And with Frank's story, it's like, it's incredible that you're able to give back home and be reunited with his son, which was used as like a part of debt bondage against him for so many years. And it's, it's so glad that there was a resolution for that. And it's a shame that he was in that position in the first place, but the fact that he's no longer there and he's unseen has helped him move past this and get back on track with life is absolutely incredible. What would you say would be the five key things for people to remember and or like take away from this? There's a couple of things you can take away. One of them is learn the signs to look out for. Don't be afraid to call the Modern Slavery Helpline and report something. You can report on the Modern Slavery um, Unseen app. You can report online or you can call them. And um, at the helpline, our advisors who work there, again, 24-7, they're experts in Modern Slavery. And even if you are unsure or you're like, yeah, I saw something, but I'm not 100%. That is what they're there for. You can call the helpline. They will talk talk you through about what you saw. And it could be that you and Joe Bloggs down the street also called up again about the same car wash. And it's all about building a case. So number one, don't ever be afraid to call them on the slavery helpline and just make a report and talk to someone about it. Number two, ethically source. It's hard, you know, especially in these times of COVID, you know, a lot of people are on furlough, on 80% pay, you know, may have lost jobs. So it's not to make you feel guilty, but just do your research. So for example, when you're looking at, if you want to buy clothes or if you want to buy, you know, from a food shop, you can check out the um, company's policy page. Don't entirely trust it because it's quite easy to do, but it's all about just having a little look, see if the brand is ethical, And usually they should have quite an extensive amount of information available to the public. A good brand will have nothing to hide. Um, If the brand doesn't say anything about where the clothes are made, that is a massive red flag. And you know what? Send them an email. It takes time, you know, trying to be really good. If you can't just shop locally or you're really confident in somewhere you're buying from, send them an email because not only are you trying to be good for yourself, by you sending an email to whatever company it might be, you're helping them realize what they need to do as well. Another thing you can do is look for brand certifications. So for example, Fairtrade and things like that. Email the brand directly again. It doesn't matter who they are, just email them. You ask them where their clothes are made, you know, what steps the brand has done to ensure the safety and fair pay of all the workers. The other thing that you can do is it's a website called Slavery Footprint made in free world and if you go onto the slavery footprint website it will just ask you questions about your lifestyle you just fill them in and it tell you on average how many people how many slaves that you have working for you and things that you can do to stop that you know be conscious you know look around trust your gut look after people learn the signs you know go on unseen's website look at the resources have a read of things Get yourself clued up about what is modern slavery. Spread awareness. Please do that. If there's one takeaway that you do, spread awareness. The more people that know about this, the better. 
Um, slavery now is worse than it ever was. There's more slaves now than there were in the transatlantic slave trade. You know, it's the fastest growing crime. It's second to the, the drugs trade. Yet you never hear about this on BBC documentaries, on the news. More needs to be done. It's like 14 billion pound industry. So yeah, my takeaways are learn the signs. Don't be afraid to call on slavery helpline. Look at where you're buying your products from. Just try and be good with it. If, and if you can't do that for whatever reason, that's fine. But spread awareness and just tell people and just do something. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Claire. I hope the listeners really enjoyed your interview and sharing the awareness of what unseen and modern day slavery is. Thank you so much. No worries, guys. Thank you.